Two guys. Two topics. Two, two, two. two opinions. Two. Utah, give me two. This is the split story of the day on 975-1280 the zone. And the zone sports network. Back out to Donovan. Catch and shoot three with seven on the shot clock. He hits it. My goodness gracious, Donovan Mitchell with just a sliver of air on the right side. And Donovan's heated up in the corner, has eight points. Donovan wanting a pick from Rudy. The 2-3 zone again, I think. O'Neal bobbles the pass, breaks the 45, skip pass to Bogdanovich at his feet, goes down to get it, drives, Clarkson circles behind him, gets the pass, fires the shot, and scores. Donovan pats Quinn on the back three times, now turns away from Quinn and away from the game action as Leonard hits a three, and the Jazz are now down 18, and Donovan walks back to the bench. I think it's all connected. Uh, you know, obviously, you got to give them credit. You know, they, they shot the ball really well uh, from three. I don't know. The, I don't have the numbers, but it really felt like they were, you know, they were hitting, you know, some contested ones too. And you know, we got to make sure we, we we don't give them the open ones, and we got to make sure that once again, you know, we we don't allow them to to play in transition or to get offensive rebounds because we know that usually they they're going to score of those you know of those opportunities. So it's you know, give them credit that they. they they made a lot of shots, and, you know, uh, we got to do a better job next game. All right, Gordon, game four, Jazz Clippers tonight. Of course, the Jazz with a two-games-to-one lead in the series. Game three did, certainly did not go the Jazz way. Uh, they lost 132-106, to but I, I was talking to somebody over the weekend. Really, the Jazz were down 10 that whole game. Most I mean, it, could, yeah. not, could not kind of crack back any closer and uh, then at the end, when it turned into garbage minutes, you know, that's why the Clippers scored 38 points. But uh, it was pretty much a, a one-sided the, affair. Really, those those garbage minutes didn't have to be turned into garbage minutes. I mean... But it didn't matter. I mean... The, well, it kind of... Well, I mean... Yeah, because those guys, went up, They went up, what, 16-18 with like seven minutes left to play? There's still time to win that game if it's 10. Right? Well, all right. Well, I'm more referring to when they got steamrolled when... Ilyasova and company yeah, were in yeah, yeah. that. That's uh-huh. what I'm saying. Doesn't okay. matter, I suppose. They, yeah, I I get your point. Um, but yeah, the Jazz did not play well. But I do think part of it uh, is we we need to give the Clippers some due because they did play well. And Ty Lu, who I'll I'll readily admit I was doubting Ty a little bit after uh-huh. games one and two. He he strung together a, a great game plan yeah. that worked really really well and did some things to really limit the impact of the Jazz two best players some stuff that Coach Snyder and the staff are going to have to crunch into and and figure out and then Kawhi and Paul George and and the supporting cast but those two in particular they they showed up to play the, you, 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 the Clippers are good too those guys played fantastic and then they got lots of help from Batum and from yeah. uh, Jackson again. I mean, yeah, the Jazz had opportunities in that game, but they played like they didn't have to win it. They played like they didn't have to win it, and the Clippers played like they had to win it. And and they were on point. They were, you know, focused and, and, and uh, efficient. And, Jake, um, you know, when they're blitzing Donovan like that, it, it – Donovan said he hadn't seen that since uh, his high school days, but it seems like Houston did that to him, too. Yeah, that and, might have been a little hyperbole, but it yeah. was effective nonetheless. Yeah, and when he he was making some nice passes, he made some mistakes, but he, he made some nice passes to guys who missed open looks. And when that happens, 
when they're going after Donovan like that, the other guy's got to step up. And look, I mean, I know they're human beings and whatnot, but you're in the playoffs now. And Boyan Bogdanovich can't go two of ten. Uh, you know, that can't happen in a, in a in an important game in the playoffs. Jazz aren't getting much help from their bench. Uh, it's and, and part of that has to do with the fact that Mike Conley isn't available to them, and so everything gets shifted up a little. But uh, the Jazz had an opportunity to really pretty much close this series out, and they couldn't do it. And uh, and yeah, so but, yeah, the Clippers are good. That, that's exactly you, you said it right. You didn't expect the Jazz to sweep this series. No, I didn't either. No, no, I, mean, I that, didn't. The Clippers are are better than that. I mean, the, what the Nuggets today should be embarrassed. <laughs> they should absolutely be embarrassed for their performance in the second round. Yeah. I mean that that wasn't going to be the Clippers. At least I didn't think it right. was. I agree. Um, and you know, you talk about the Jazz. There were some guys that struggled. You know, game two, everybody played well. That wasn't the case. Um, certainly in Game 3, you mentioned uh, they didn't get much off the bench. They didn't get anything off the bench. Yeah. Jordan Clarkson had 14, and he was okay, but they got literally zero from everybody else. Yeah. So that, that you know, those guys need to have better games. They, they do. George Niang, was, if George Niang plays like that, George Niang can't play. And he's right. admitted that in the past where, you know, he had, there are certain things he has to do if he's going to play, and he didn't do them in, in Game number 3. Um so, you know, there were some things to adjust to. Here, here's where I'll give Ty Lue his due, and this is what the Jazz have to figure out, as far as I see it. Okay. Feel free to disagree. They played ISO basically the whole game. And what that does is it takes Rudy not out of it because Rudy's going to find a way to, to play and he's going to have to figure out how to be more impactful, but they're, they're not running any pick and rolls with Rudy because they're keeping him as far away from the ball as possible, thus Nicholas Batum standing in the mm-hmm. corner, etc. And Rudy has done a good job at times in this series closing out to that three, but it's a really tough ask for him. And if you don't bring him to the ball with the pick and roll, it's much more difficult for him to be impactful on the defensive end, and that's something you're going to have to figure out. So they limit Rudy that way. And not to mention Kawhi Leonard and Paul George in the ISO. I mean, yes, please. I mean, that's yeah. a pretty easy call. But anyway, uh, that that was that was one adjustment. You mentioned the other. You know, get the ball out of Donovan Mitchell's hands. You know, that's that's something that they're going to have to figure out. And I I disagree with you a little bit on the on on your Donovan take, just because I thought he made a few really bad decisions from that came from a good place, meaning. He felt the team's need for a play, mm-hmm. and he made the wrong one because he, you know, kind of the the temptation where oh, I'm going to go take this over, you know, that kind of thought where he crashes into four guys, right? And it, if if you're playing one on four, somebody's open, especially you against know? a team like this. Uh, it's difficult, right? You know, I mean, it's difficult enough going one on two, let alone one on three, one I, on four. I think Donovan would. Probably rep. Hearing how he's talked about making the right reads in the past, I would guess that he would agree with that. But you can understand why he might be frustrated when he is delivering the ball, which he did on some occasions, and the guys were missing open shots. Well, he's got to fight that because that's not what makes the Jazz great. I mean, he's a great player, but he's not what makes them a great team. See, this is what's so difficult about not having Mike Conley is that Mike could be the frick to the frack. He you know, alleviate he could, some of yes, it. Yes, yeah. he'd take mm-hmm. the pressure off Donovan so he can create some damage so they can't gang up on Donovan the way they the way they have been. And Donovan preaches to his teammates, keep shooting. We want you to shoot. I mean, yeah. that's what he says. He needs to mean it. Yeah. 
uh, and particularly on nights like Game Three, yeah. you need to have a little. And maybe your team lets you down. Oh, that sounds terrible. But you, he needs to try. And ironically enough, that's exactly what he said after Game Two: "Is I've got to trust my guys." And that's what got them the the win in Game Two when he didn't have a huge second half. Yeah. And so maybe he was quote unquote let down in Game Three, but he's got to keep trusting. Because if if it's just he, Donovan against the Clippers, it's not going to work. And even on some of those shots that he made, you just kind of shook your head and said, how did that just happen? Right. You know, it was kind of like, wow, okay, the degree of difficulty on these shots is quite high. Uh, the French judge was giving him a, a 10, I think. And that's why you tip your hat at those. That's why, you you know, you don't come at him and say, you know, why would you t-? You want Donovan to be aggressive. Mm-hmm. But he's also got to he's got to make the right read. Too. Well, Quinn said that. He said, the okay, that, that defense the, uh, the Clippers were playing was quite aggressive. And he said, how do you attack that kind of aggression? With aggression. Right. But to attack with aggression, you have to be smart and keep your head on a swivel and keep guys in your view so that you can get them the ball or get the ball where it needs to go in order to take advantage of this uh, this, this aggression that the Clippers came out. I mean, they were pressuring the whole court. Yeah. But Donovan's also got to go, hey, you missed that one. You'll get them the next time. I mean, yeah. you got to have that. Instead and, of trying to take, it, take on everybody. Because the Clippers are just too good for that. Yeah. And, you know, if it were, if the Jazz played like the Mavericks and just gave Donovan the ball the whole time, the Jazz would probably be a pretty good team because Donovan's that good. But as you've noted so many times in the past, and I think you're right on the money, the difference between good and great is, is vast and difficult to do. And I think what's given the Jazz their great record and made them a great team this year is Donovan's willingness to embrace others. So let me ask you, let's back this thing up. What can the Jazz do to get the ball to Rudy Gobert so that he he'll do something with it offensively? Well, I mean it's hard because of the way the Clippers are playing, but I think you think that small ball is just too difficult for Rudy. Well, the the problem is is that the passing angles and it's not the easy play, right? Uh-huh. And a lot of times Jazz offense is set up for that easy play to get the open shot, and it's not often the—you know, you saw Donovan, speaking of Donovan, really thread the needle to Rudy. And Tim, Coach Lacoma and I were both like, wow, I can't believe Rudy caught that. And he ended up getting fouled and going to the line. Uh-huh. You know, so maybe it is they have to get a little bit more creative with their passing. But the aggression from Rudy needs to continue where you're going you're gonna to get— a benefit yeah. from making that more difficult play. And you could have faith in Rudy— that he's not going to dance around it. That he's at very least going to force contact and go to the line. Yeah. You know, and play and that's with what the we little, said. We yeah. said that before the season series started. But that's not necessarily the easy play to make. The way the the Clippers are playing against the Jazz pick and roll. So, but if Donovan Mitchell is is putting pressure on the defense and guys are collapsing on him, those two things—the one that you mentioned and the one that I mentioned—have to happen. He has to hit the open man. And the open man has to hit the open shot. Right. Which, that has to happen. Or else you're going to get these long rebounds and the Clippers are going the other way and hitting threes and the Jazz are dead. You know, I, uh, you know. In well, fact, uh, Quinn even used that expression after game three. He said we had, uh, I think he said, I'm paraphrasing, but some along the lines of we had too many dead possessions. Well, they here's one afterthought, too. They missed an incredible amount of layups, which is – I, I find it fr- frustrating to watch because when you get a layup, the play worked. 
It's so know? hard to it's, get a layup. So and hard. that's the easiest part. That's right. That's like uh, I don't know what's what's an accurate comparison in uh, in uh, another sport. But well, it's yeah, like it's, pool having the ball right in front of the pocket and then hitting the ball in and having the the cue ball go in too. Right. Scratch it. How about this one? And I've got tennis on the brain today because the. The Joker. An overhead? The the French Open champ. The overhead, where you work your opponent into the point where they're so desperate they just heave up an easy <laughs> one that all you have to do is put it in the right place. You don't even need to hit it hard. You just, you know, put it in the right place and the point's over. And I can't tell you how many times, Gordon, I'm looking at that juicy overhead and I'm thinking, oh, man, I am going to absolutely make Sports Center with this thing. <laughs> and then you just rifle it flat right into the backstop. You know what I mean? Yeah, you had an easy, but anyway, the Jazz a missed a lot of layups. A missed layup is a drop touchdown pass. Yes, well, I mean, maybe a little less quant- consequential than that, but yeah, I get your point. You did the hard part. You got open. The pass was there. You know, all the stuff that usually goes wrong in the play is, is entirely successful. You have it right in your hands, only to look at it ball on the carpet. You know what I mean. And the reason making taking advantage of those situations is. The Clippers are good. Yeah. They are good, especially, you know, when when they have the momentum on their home floor and everything. I know that Dallas series was weird as far as that went, but the Jazz have to take advantage of their their opportunities and they have to earn those opportunities. And once they earn them, capitalize on them and and uh, I'm sure this is what Gwen is talking to yeah. his players about. Yesterday, well, ever since the game ended, they've probably had some pretty serious discussions about remembering who they are and what they do. Because they've seen this stuff before. I mean, they've seen this before. Yeah, they they have. Uh, They need to do, uh, you know, what Bojan Bogdanovic did when he was struggling shooting the ball in the year, where he just started like, okay, I'm going to start making my layups, and then the rest (laughs) is going to come. That's what Coach Snyder needs to pull the team aside and say, and say, listen, let's start with making our layups, and then we'll see how it goes from there. It reminds me of the time that I was in the, the jazz practice facility, and I was uh, shooting three-pointers, and Quinn saw me, and he walked over, and he pointed at the elbow. Get in here close. See if you can make that first. Yeah. Yeah, you said it exactly right, Jake, that uh, this is at both ends. I mean, the Clippers were absolutely excellent all over the court. And that that needs to – the Jazz need to find a way to put a dent in that. They have to be able to score. And 132 points, Jake, I know at the end it really was just sort of well, hey, how about garbage this? ball, but still, that's too many. Let's talk about the Jazz defense for a minute here as uh, the Clips uh, – were amazing offensively. I mean, they shot 56% overall from the field, 52.8% from three. They made 19 threes. We talked about how the Clippers shot a, be- uh, shot a better percentage than the Jazz in the regular season, didn't take as many threes, and that certainly played out. 19 for 36 is uh, is amazing. And considering that Kawhi Leonard uh, went one for six and Marcus Morris went 0 for two, I think that tells you how the rest of the team shot from three, which was was pretty amazing. But the fact is they got a lot of open shots because Kawhi Leonard and Paul George were beating their guy. <laughs> yeah, there's that. So that's uh, that's the issue uh, where Ty Lue is a great adjustment, goes to running more ISO because he's got two really great ISO players, and the Jazz don't have a whole lot of terrific ISO defenders. 
and it worked really, really well. And I, I don't know what the answer is. I think the Jazz will figure out Donovan Mitchell getting blitzed, and we'll see them score a bunch of points tonight. I don't know. I don't know what they do against the Clippers. Well, especially if Batum is hitting uh, three pointers from the corner. Well, how do you prevent those from being open? I, that's the idea. Here. <laughs> you hope he misses? Yeah. I mean, I, the power of prayer, I know, has been a big topic of conversation <laughs> around here lately. But what do you do to make it so he doesn't get so many open three-point shots? Um, you know, I have not studied Nicholas Batum's career to know whether that's a sure thing. I, I will say that Reggie Jackson sure looks like he's in the groove right now. And when he shoots the ball, Jake, it's it's touching nothing but net. It really. And so, but Nicholas Batum, I, I might take my chances with him. And uh, not necessarily send Rudy out into the corner somewhere. Nicholas Batum over his career was good enough at one point to get a max contract from Charlotte. <laughs> but do I think... And I haven't made a close study of his entire career, but do I think that Nicholas Batum is good enough to stand in the corner and make open three-point shots? Yes, I do. So, And Reggie Jackson, who they pulled off the scrap heap from Detroit, but was also good enough to garner a pretty big deal earlier in his career, if he can't stand out there and make open three-point shots, then come on. So how do you make these guys uncomfortable? You can't just hope that they don't, that they're gonna somehow not be on fire. Well, you gotta cover Reggie Jackson. You got to. Uh, Nicholas Batum. If I mean, if Rudy's on him, kind of go out there and wave your arm around a little bit. <laughs> See if he makes his shots. If he does, then you gotta commit yourself. If he doesn't, then you can cheat off a little bit and help. Cause you're right. When the, when the star players are beating their man off the dribble, the Jazz were abysmal uh, in, their, in their, well, it's easy for me to say abysmal, but we're talking about two of the best players on the planet who were eating them up. And there wasn't anything the Jazz could do about it. No. So seem to be. what are they going to do about it? Play better defense? But, Stay between your man and the basket? But, but why, is, why are Batum and Reggie Jackson open? I mean, they're not they're not open because the Jazz uh, just thought, yeah, we'll leave them open on this play. The problem is, is that Rudy has to do his normal cleanup duty, and he's not a superhero, yeah. so he can't, you know, uh, dissuade Kawhi Leonard from the rim and then magically reappear out at the three point line. And if he does close out like he has, then he's they're moving it around the top and finding Reggie Jackson, who's open because the defense had to adjust. Well. That's why I don't hold Rudy as, as responsible, because he's covering more than one man. But you just said that Nicholas Batum is the reason that. they're winning. Well, so that's, no, I, didn't say he, I didn't say he was the reason they were winning. I mean, when, you when, just said, when well, Kawhi, he can't make all when, those shots. When Kawhi goes for 34 and Paul George goes for 31, and then Reggie Jackson has 17, and Nicholas Batum goes for 17, I'm going to take my chances with Nick Batum. Exactly why I can't believe we're talking about him, because he's a non-factor. The problem is <laughs> is stopping the bleeding at the point of the yeah. problem is is getting beat by Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, and the reason Kawhi had 34 points is because he was getting dunks. And it, <laughs> you've got to prevent him from getting dunks, and then when you prevent him from getting dunks, somebody else is open. So this is why I think this problem is a much more major problem facing the Jazz coaching staff than having an off-night shooting. Okay, so hold on here a second. 
I know that they took a little bit of a different approach in the first two games, but why weren't those players making shots in the first two games the way they I mean, Paul George had a decent second game. Because they had the audacity to try and run an offense against the Jazz. <laughs> Every coach in America just swerved off the road. No, they did. They tried to run their stuff. It didn't work because Rudy and the Jazz defensive game plan is really good. So they just said, you know what we're going to do? Run none of our stuff, and we're just going to— This This is why you have to have the best player on the floor in basketball. This is why it's so important. So Be- what you're saying is that Royce O'Neal and Joe Ingles can't stay in front of their their guys. They had trouble in Game 3. And, so, well, and throw in Bogdanovich, throw in Clarkson, throw in Donovan Mitchell. So you're saying they can't do it? No, I'm saying what are they going to try that's different? That's but, what I want to know. That's what I'm curious to see. How do they adjust? They have to play better defense. It just comes down to that. Well, thank you well, for I'm, that. I mean, but what else thank are you, you going to say? What else are you going to say? What else are you going to say? How, you have to you have to play tougher defense. You have to do what Bogdanovich did in game 2. Okay, Gipper. Oh, well, Go in there no, and no. get him riled Royce, up. Royce, o- Royce O'Neal did not play good defense in that game. You know what, guys? We're not running a game plan tonight. <laughs> well, I'm going to erase this whiteboard. Well, get on. out there and play harder. You already said it. The Clippers aren't running anything. They're, they're going ISO ball. So you got to play ISO D. Here's the thing, Gordon. This is the coaching staff that got a, that came up with the play James Harden de- play defense on James Harden from behind. <laughs> I want to see some sort of adjustment to to alleviate like this because the chess move has been made. Ty Lue made a, a great coaching move. So what does what do the Jazz do to respond? Do they blitz Kawhi and Paul like the Clippers are doing to the Jazz? What do they do? What do they do to solve this complex issue? Because Royce O'Neal isn't magically going to be able to stay in front of Gawai Leonard 100% of the time. So what do they do? Can he stay in front of him enough of the time? So let's say a pep talk can make up for 5% of Royce O'Neal's deficiency in game number three. What do you do for the rest? Well, okay, so let's say you blitz Kawhi Leonard. Oh, there's Paul George over there, you know? Thus, the reason they constructed the roster, Gordon. <laughs> I know, but it didn't work in the, the first two but games. But that's my point. The other team's good, too. These are, are, this is how you win playoff they series, is you solve these problems. I understand that. But how are you going to—I mean, the Jazz don't have the personnel, really, to do it with—I mean, night after night so after night. So here's what maybe, I would do. Maybe I would they... call Gordon Motz. I'd say, we need a pep talk. <laughs> We need you. We feel like the way to figure out the Clippers is a good, solid, go win no. this one for the Monson. Well, there, there's two parts to this. The first part was the Jazz were a step slow defensively, and the second part was that the Clippers were out of their minds. So we're, I, back, I, to, we're no. back to we hope the problem solves no, itself? No, I'm That's just, where I'm we just are. thinking the Clippers aren't going to shoot like that all the time. Maybe Kawhi Leonard can. I, I, I'm not sure. But... Paul George can't – Joe Ingles has to – or Royce O'Neal, whoever is on him, has to do a better job. They have to challenge those guys to stay in front of their man. Okay. Uh, what else – What? okay, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Grab Bag over there, what do you got? I don't know. To quote Gordon Monson uh, one time to Kevin O'Connor, I'm not paid to make these sort of decisions. <laughs> And yes, I realize that it's pretty easy to point out problems and go fix it. But at least I'm not going to the, well, they need to play harder, Cart. <laughs> well, I mean, you just need to want it more. No, I love those sort of like pulled off a daily calendar saying. You don't think a guy can have a bad day defensively like he has offensively? 
That can happen. Right. He can get in their face and say, Quinn says, hey, look, I need you to at least put up enough resistance in time for Rudy to come over and help. You know, too often that wasn't the case. So, uh, I mean, we gave Bogdanovich credit with the way he was playing defense with intensity in game two. I didn't see that same intensity in game three. I certainly didn't see the effectiveness. Was that all on Ty Lue? I, 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 at some level, you got to play. Yeah, yeah I, I hear what you're saying, but I'm just thinking, you know, good strategy is, is you know, like... A, a, what do you want to do, throw when, up a zone? Is that what you want? I don't know, something. When uh, when uh, uh, Montgomery was going head-to-head with the old de- desert fox there in Libya... <laughs> Did uh, after after Rommel flanked him once? Did did Monty say, "Well, guys, go out there and fight harder," or did he change their tactic? Well, Patton came in and saved the day. Oh, not necessarily. Well, you're thinking of uh, not at the Battle of El Alamein. Oh, here we go. All right, that's true. I know, I know. Monty was just, I don't know, kind of. Here, here, I, I know next battle, guys. Here's what we're going to do. The same thing we did before. They just lost. I want you guys but to drive gonna the But we're going to do it harder. <laughs> All right, Mr. Know-it-all. What do you got? What do you got over there? <laughs> Basketball's different. You only have a few players to pick from. <laughs> you can't roll in with a whole different uh, you know, cluster of tanks. That's the hard part. You've got to play the hand you're dealt. You've got to play it better. <laughs> Try harder out there. I, I hear what you're saying. I, I'm sorry. I don't mean to, to make the jokes. I hear what you're saying. They can play better. They can be more focused, of course, is the buzzword that Coach Snyder loves to use all the time. I got it. But the, the schematic vulnerability there, I think, is concerning. You mean just at that talent level? Just that they don't have a whole lot of good answers, as you point out. So, you know, instead what? of saying, well, the Jazz should do this, we're going to, they should try harder, that means that Option A isn't real terrific. Well, this makes it sound like how did the Jazz ever beat the Clippers in the first place? Well, that's why playoff series are so fascinating, Gordon. It's because how do you adjust? It's more than just the adjustment. It's the ability that at the end of the day or during the day is to hit shots. You've got to make those shots. And sometimes they go in and sometimes they don't. And I know you hate that saying. So much. You hate that saying. But it's true sometimes. They were come on, Paul George was out of his head. Make or miss league, man. Come on. Sometimes where's your, you where, make them. Hey, sometimes you Coach don't. Coach Scott, where's your whiteboard? I want to see what what you're going to come up with. What's the point of coming up with anything? <laughs> because sometimes they're going to go in, and sometimes they're not. So what? if you need me, I'll be taking a nap in my office. That's the game plan for tonight. If what you're saying was true, then the coaches would be the MVPs, not the players. Players have to go out and execute. But this is this is a schematic. Well, thing. that's the point. The Jazz didn't execute. That's the whole. That was the whole reason they lost. Not because the Clippers came out with a good pl- game plan that the Jazz didn't have an answer Iso for. Iso ball. That's I mean, what they that's did. That's about as simplistic as it gets. If it works, man. You got to figure it out. It's it it is the luxury of coaching Kawhi Leonard. It's the reason that franchises were breaking the rules to sign the guy. Well, yeah, because and I understand that the two combined for what's what sixty four points, sixty five points, whatever, sixty five, sixty five. 
But then you got Batum and, and Jackson who are combining for 34. Now ask yourself why. Any NBA player can hit a three-pointer if they're well, left okay, with nobody okay. so, around. But what you're suggesting then is, okay, if the Jazz blitz the two stars, then those guys are going to be left wide open. So what do you do? At least then maybe you have Rudy in the play. I that's that's the uh, I know we're way over Austin. I'm very sorry, uh, but that's that's the answer. Is how do you how do you make Rudy Gobert Gobert more of a factor? Because that was the point of the strategy in the first place. Is you want to make Rudy less of a factor because he's so good. You don't want to heaven forbid you bring him to the ball with a, a screen. You don't want to do any of that. You just want to go one-on-one, and then if Rudy makes an impact, it's actually going to make them more vulnerable. So how do you make Rudy well, more impactful with at, your schematic? At your the scheme? basic level, you have to double the guys. Because maybe they throw it to Rudy's guy, but then at least Rudy's in the play. How do you, make, how do you bring Rudy's defensive? Or, or you bring Rudy over to double uh, as the action is coming into the paint, See now and then you leave his man open. But okay, do you want to get beat by by uh, by Kawhi, or do you want to get beat by Nicholas Batum? Ah, see, see, now we're thinking critically, Gordon. Here you are. Here we are. Welcome. Oh, Welcome. Okay. We're not just talking about trying harder. All right, I, I'm I'm kidding. I I am joking. Uh, we want to uh, thank uh, my job. Our good friends at Soundsly Medical. <laughs> Do you Kevin. snore at night, or are you currently using a CPAP machine to treat sleep apnea? Soundsly Medical can improve your life. Visit SoundsleyMedical.com. I'll never forget that interview ever. That was one of the most awkward interviews in the history of sports radio. <laughs> Not my job, Kevin. What are you going to do? Well, Gordon, why don't you tell me what to do? Not my job, Kevin. What are you going to do? I don't know, Gordon. What do you think I should do? <laughs> it went on like that for like six minutes. Oh, man. All right. Stay tuned. More next 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.